0: Welcome back to another week of Instigating with Clarkie and Drury brought to you as always by CoolBet, our friends at the Listable Squash Courts and Listable Vision Care and our friends over at See the Game. I'm Ryan Drury, that's Clarkie, and we're very excited to talk some hoops with our favorite guy, our friend, the voice of the Raptors and Raptors analyst, Paul Jones. Jonesy, it's been a long time. How are you, my friend? You look fantastic. The set looks great.
1: I'm great. It's been, it's been that long. I think this is the first time you guys have seen the, the, the new pictures in the background. And uh, is there something to that title, the instigators with Clarky? I just, you know, just, you know, just knowing the way he is.
2: We like to stir it up on the show. That's
1: what it's all about. (laughs) Yeah. Really, really. It just stems
0: from Clarky gets on my nerves and I have to correct him and, and tell him how it is. Right. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's where it is. Now I, I want to dig into the Raptors. Obviously they've had, Hey, right, Ryan, Before, be, before yeah, we start ahead, with Clark. the Raptors,
2: let, let, let's just talk a little bit before we talk with the Raptors this morning, team Canada, women beat the Americans for gold start medal in hockey. Let's just start there right off the top. Jones, right. you, did you watch the game and what did you think?
1: I did. I got home from the uh, Raptors win uh, against Minnesota And uh, we're not traveling. We're in the studio. So uh, beetled at home from the studio, got to uh, the living room, turned it on. And it was one nothing Canada, Uh, you know, kind of uh, flipping back and forth. The Lakers were battling Utah. And it was like, it's like playing blackjack. Every time you turn around, somebody gets a blackjack. So I, by the time I flipped back, it was two nothing. And then I went away and came back and flipped back. It was three nothing. I'm like, geez, maybe I shouldn't watch, and it'll be eight nothing by the end. But um, I, I just, I just thought the Canadian team, and, and we both know, all three of us know that they were on a mission to avenge what happened in the last one. They just, they felt like that was theirs, and and it was taken from them. And there's, there's no greater motivation. I thought, I thought they did a terrific job. Mm-hmm.
0: They really did. It was a tremendous battle. Of course, uh, lots of news that the nurse family are obviously very proud as is the rest of the country. Sarah set a new tournament record. She broke the record held by the great Haley Wickenheiser, 18 points in an Olympic tournament. It's just absolutely unreal. They had the great shots of her parents watching at the bar in Burlington. That was so much fun. And obviously, you know, you have experience working with Kia, who's a great ambassador on the NBA and basketball side of things, does a great job on the panel as well. Um, I'm sure that she was thrilled. And and it's really cool as well because – Sarah's the first Black woman to ever win an Olympic yeah. gold medal in women's hockey, and I mean, just that—that that family just continues to break down barriers and do incredible things athletically. Yeah, it,
1: it, it's nice because I—I've I've kind of said this before, Ryan. That I like the Winter Olympics, but it—it uh, it, it wasn't always seen as representative. And now, like you said, we got we got Sarah Nurse. Uh, we got, and who would know that the you know the capital of world speed skating would be Ocala, Florida, uh, from somebody who never was on speed skates for, you know, picked it up six years ago and then wins a gold medal. So, you know, as for the nurse family, they are, man, they do it well. They're just, they're just, as you said, great ambassadors for, for not just sports and for the games that they play, but for life, uh, in terms of integrating, breaking down barriers, fitting in being role models. Uh, you know, you can do this too. And, uh, I, I do, I have had the good fortune to work with Kia and, uh, You know, look, she's she's a product of her environment. So all you have to do is look at what mom and dad did and and the kids will show you, you know, the the legacy and how they've been raised. So uh, real happy, real happy for the Canadian women, real happy for Sarah Nurse. And, uh, you know, you can nobody can ever take that from you. You're a champion and nobody can ever take that away.
0: A champion, a record setter. I would I would like to think, Clarkie, I'm sure you agree that somewhere Willie O'Ree was watching that and yeah. he had a big smile on his face, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Raptors. Uh, obviously, they've had, I would call it overall, a, a pretty successful season, given what everybody was saying about this roster at the start of the year. Scotty. Barnes has turned out to be a very very solid player he looks like he's going to be a guy that can be a rock solid piece of this foundation for the future Fred Van Vliet his incredible undrafted story continues going to the all-star game overall I I think the team has played pretty well they're sitting seventh right now in the Eastern Conference right now in one of the play-in spots and they basically had the same record at home and on the road, both 16 wins of the 32 split right down the middle. What's your impression of how they played overall so far, Jonesy? You know, I
1: think they've surprised people, Ryan. A lot of people had them, you know, 12, 13, like not doing well in the conference. And and I think our, our media brethren forget that they have four guys that had their hands on the trophy in Van bleet Siakam, Boucher, and Ananobi. OG didn't play, but he was around. I mean – he was in he was in the car as it was rolling over the finish line and uh, you, you just you just can't downplay that experience and it took him a while to kind of get their footing have roles established uh, Nick Nurse has, has coached a, a winner before so he he understands what that is all about and i think they're coming together now look the, the guys in vegas always know something about what's going on and they had the over under for the raptors at 36 and a half well they're 32 now. we got 25, 26 games to go. So I think they're going to surpass that. They may surpass expectations, but I'm telling you, the way they are playing now, they are going to be a very, very tough out come playoff time. And, you know, you talked about, Ryan, they're in the pit right now in the, in the play-in tournament. Uh, maybe they get out of that. They're fighting with Boston for that sixth spot. They had it before losing a couple in a row. And like I said, it, it doesn't matter who they play, whether it's in the in in the pit in the playing tournament or you know a regular seven game series. And if they get to one of those, they're going to be a tough out. And I don't think anybody wants to play there.
2: Hmm. I was just going to ask you, and you sort of uh, answered it there. But like, is the sky the limit right now for these guys? Like, they are on a roll, and yeah. if they got on a roll, like, can they? Mm-hmm. Like, how
1: far can? How far? How good is this team right now? I, you know, Clarky, I, I I I don't think. I don't think they're afraid of anybody right now. Like, uh, and and you look around the East. Who who would they be afraid of? Like, look at the teams at the top. They beat in Chicago, two out of three against Miami. They've swept Milwaukee. Like, like so mm-hmm. I mean, I know the regular season is different, and no game in January or February means anything in April or May. Mm-hmm. But for your confidence and your psyche, man. Hey, man, we got a chip. And mm-hmm. we've beaten you this year, uh, and we know what this thing is about. Especially right. guys like Fred and 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 Pascal, mm-hmm. who is playing out of his mind right now. So, I, I don't want to go out and say, "Oh, they can win the championship," but I'm not going to totally dismiss that, Clarky. I'm not going to say that, you know, things come together like you know it. It takes a lot of luck and a lot of things mm-hmm. aligning, the stars mm-hmm. aligning for you to for you to get to that point. Um. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say they don't have the ability to do that because they're they are going to be a tough out. And as I said, even if a Miami or a Milwaukee or Chicago one of those teams sees them in the playoffs, okay, maybe they take the Raptors out. But it's like being in a fight, man. You're gonna feel that, and you're gonna feel it for the next series too. And the bottom line is the future's bright, right? Big time, yeah. big time. I mean, can all the GMs that watch the NCAA tournament for three weeks can you? Can you sit down now? Remember when they drafted Scotty Barnes, everybody was up in arms. Like, how could you pass on Jalen Suggs? And because they'd never heard of Scotty. And what they drafted was a culture guy, a guy who plays in a program that you know, look, you you if if you get a Marquette kid, he's a grinder. If you get a Louisville kid, he plays with a motor. You get a Carolina kid, he's he's a he's a skilled guy. You get a Florida State kid from Leonard Hamilton, you get a team first culture guy and that's what scotty barnes is and i'm not throwing shade at jalen suggs he's a heck of a player but people saw gonzaga in the tournament and thought oh that's who they should draft clarky you remember when in 96 at ryan i didn't even know were you born then were you were you alive then i was five <laughs> years old okay. I was around okay you were around remember when everybody wanted ed o'bannon yeah isaiah thomas eddie eddie yeah. yeah and people yeah. were like what is this yeah. Who turned out to be the Rookie of the Year? Who had a better yeah. Oh, yeah. career, per se? Yep. So all the people that wanted Jalen Suggs, and, and this, again, not to disparage him, Scotty Barnes was the better pick for the Raptors, and I he's going to be all-rookie team, first team. Uh, he's probably number two or three, depending on where you put him now, because of what his team is doing over, over, uh, you know, like a Cade Cunningham or somebody like that. He's right behind Evan Mobley, so... Uh, I think it was a great pick, and and to your point, the future looks bright because of guys like him, and the potential of you know Achua and 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 you know some of the some of the young guys that they have on this team.
0: Yeah, it's been really impressive. Scotty's just a great two way player. I I don't you know I certainly don't think that maybe he's elite in any one area of the game, but he's just really solid across the board. He he does everything well, and the effort level is there every night, which is so, so impressive from a young guy like that. And you mentioned Siakam. This guy's game was down in the dumps last year. Like, people were saying, should the Raptors get rid of this guy? Like, people were giving up on this guy. And yeah. he has really bounced back nicely. What are you seeing from his game that's just maybe a little different in terms of approach, how he's getting success? What is it about what he's doing right now that's, that's turned this around?
1: Ryan, I think um, the carryover from the bubble, like let's, let's go back a bit. The night when Rudy Gobert shut down the NBA, we were the last team to play the Jazz before Adam Silver pulled the plug. And that night after we played them and flew home, We got phone calls two days later because I I wanted to see how Utah played the next game against Oklahoma City after losing to Toronto. And that was the game that shut the NBA down. And we got phone calls, show up at the hospital the next morning to get tested. And that was a different time. We didn't know anything about COVID. Uh, The Raptors got back, went into the bubble. Uh, Pascal played okay. And then the next year coming out of it, they're in Tampa. Everybody's displaced. Uh, He was adjusting to a new role, being the guy. And, you know, people wanted it right away. And it, it's just taken him some time. And then this year, he's coming off the shoulder surgery. All these guys had training camp. He never had that. Uh, it, it, you know, he got on a moving train. But now that he's got his footing, this is the guy that they expected. And what do you know? The patience, it's taken some time. It's taken him a couple of years. So he is he is going to be one of the focal points of the offense, and and you know, as you as you talked about with Scotty Barnes, he doesn't do anything elite yet, Ryan. Because I think as he develops, he's got a little bit of Magic Johnson in him with his passing and his playmaking, uh, being able to play inside with his size. He's got a little bit of Scottie Pippen, as one NBA coach told me, uh, with his with his defense and his ability to guard every position. So I, I agree with you, Ryan. Not elite yet, but I mean, this kid is he's he's coming on. So between him and Pascal and Nick Nurse will throw a lineup out there that is Ananobi, Barnes, Siakam, uh, Achua and Boucher, or Birch, or Banton, and you got five guys out there between six eight and six nine. And 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 how do you guard that? And by the way, they can guard anyone that you have. You can't switch and get an advantage on them. So um, yeah, but, but to your point, Ryan, Pascal has definitely become one of the leaders of this team, and he's playing so, conf- so well and so confidently right now.
0: He certainly is. And I, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the trade deadline, just in terms of the Raptors. We'll start there, but then some NBA storylines in general, because man, there's a lot going on on the hard yeah, court. Yeah. Um, let's start with the Raptors. I mean, they make a deal where they acquire Thaddeus Young, Goran Dragic is gone, a guy that really didn't want to be there. And I think they, they, did pretty well. I mean, a pretty tidy return, in my opinion, for a guy that vocally said, I don't really want to be in Toronto. They flip him over to San Antonio, get a pretty good, solid young piece back. What are your opinions on what they did at the deadline?
1: Well, uh, uh, Thaddeus Young is a veteran. Um, He's been on good teams before and he's going to help the youngsters. Uh, He's going to give the bench some help. The bench, Nick hasn't used them much. I don't know if he hasn't trusted them much, but I mean, he's he's riding his horses and people are like, oh, the minutes police are out. Oh, you know, he's going to wear, hey man, when you get to the playoffs, your best players play. And right now, this is kind of prep for that, where these guys are learning to play together. Raptors number two in the NBA in most games, three points or less with a minute to go, either be ahead or behind. Fourth most wins with 12. So they're learning how to play in close games because that's where you make your money in the playoffs, and and a guy like Thad Young is going to help out in that area, no question about it. And and um, I I just think it 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 speaks to the front office, Messiah Ujiri, Bobby Webster, Dan Tolzman, doing their homework and finding a guy who will help them out.
2: I was just going to mention the the front office, and it just seems like there's that stability. That is an amazing thing when you have that stability at the top with Masai and Bobby and Nick nurse. And it just, to me, it just oozes confidence. And I think
1: that really goes right down to the team. Clarkie, we have this word that in sports that we have a, sometimes have a hard time defining, right. A, a culture, right. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and, and, and so you think about it, like, and I've thought about this a long time and come up with this. What is culture like, like, the, the 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 you know the, the the Yankees have a culture, right? The 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 Red Sox have a culture. That, you know the the like you think of the great teams of, of the, the Leafs had a culture back in the '60s. It was, and what is that? And to me, that's a way of doing things with positive expectations attached. Mm-hmm. And and to your point, Clarkie, about about Masai, Bobby, Nick, they've established a culture. Mm-hmm. This is how we do things and this is what we expect. And they look for the right guys and bring them in and man these guys play together they play for one another and that's the stability. I mean it doesn't matter where they're drafting. I mean anybody any 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 fool can pick a top 5. I mean it's it's right there for you. But when you find uh and guys that they've turned they they draft them, develop them and then turn them into assets that other people want when you find DeLon Wright at 20, uh, Pascal Siakam at 27, Norm Powell traded as a second round pick. They traded for him. Uh, you know, they, they 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 turned these guys into assets. Yeah, J- Jakob Pertl was a, an eighth pick, but they turned him into, you know, helped turn him into Kawhi Leonard uh, with DeMar DeRozan. So it just, it just happened happens. Gary Trent Jr. Nobody saw him doing what, because he didn't do this in Portland, but look at what he's doing now. Mm -hmm. fred van vliet undrafted i I saw Mm -hmm. the guy at summer league i'm like and he had a good college career wonder why nobody picked him up well everybody had a chance at him and look what he's doing now he's an all-star so the the stability at the top chris is is important and i i think it's showing through if you're the raptors
0: It certainly is. I I wish some other sports franchises maybe take note of what they're doing because they quite (laughs) clearly have established something very positive there and ownership's behind it, and they kind of stay out of their way. And, you know, Masai and Bobby and that group there, they've earned that. Let's talk about some other cultures around the league that are not really falling into that category. And I want to start with James Harden, the culture of James Harden. What? is the deal with this guy, Jonesy, because like in Houston, he establishes himself as this unbelievable offensive force, a guy that can kind of do everything himself. He can literally take a game over. He bounces around. Now he's in Brooklyn, doesn't like it. I want to leave. He ends up in Philly where allegedly he wanted to be the whole time, but also You know, you see this guy play or barely play and the effort level there. And I'm starting to get like Pablo Sandoval vibes with this guy. Like he (laughs) looks like he's eating himself out of the league. Like too many wings. What is this guy doing? What is the deal with James Harden? I
1: would hope that for him, uh, this is a stop because Daryl Morey wanted him. Daryl Morey believes in him. And I would hope that would jump start him uh to get into into shape. He he may not be able to come back to that that slim fit guy that we know, Ryan. He, this this might be the new James Harden and the way he plays. And if if he can make threes, uh distribute the ball and play alongside Joel and they probably don't care what he looks like. But um maybe he won't talk his way out of this team or kind of put a dent in what's going on with the team because he did that in Houston he did it in Brooklyn and hopefully for Philadelphia he's not going to do that there um, but it makes them better it makes them better um, I- I'm excited to see what happens when Brooklyn plays uh, Philadelphia uh, you know what it's like when Ben Simmons goes back to Philadelphia uh, what all of this is going to be like when when the, when the two teams meet one another but as to James Harden I mean he's just gotta get he's just gotta get healthy right now and 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 uh you know uh you know, get out there and, and play for the Philadelphia seventy sixers.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting and in yeah, you're right, Ben Simmons, that'll be uh an interesting storyline. We're talking about a guy that definitely wasn't popular on his exit from the city. And when he returns there, I mean, we're talking about a fan base that threw batteries at Santa Claus. So uh, I don't know what Ben can expect. Let's talk quickly. I got two more situations. I want to throw your way. Uh, Zion Williamson, same deal. Yeah, what is up with this kid? Like, unbelievable! Like, probably the most hyped prospect that I heard about since LeBron. Like, this guy came in with sky high expectations, and it just is not falling into place.
1: He's injured, and you know, Sam Mitchell used to have. Uh, Sam Mitchell used to have a a uh, a phrase: "You can't make the club sitting in the tub." <laughs> and, and and that's unfortunately for Zion Williamson he's been injured and you know we, we the raptors had the pelicans a week uh last monday and i was talking to some of their people down there who said you know that zion and Jonas valanchunas have never been on the court together not even a practice and he is a great talent but he's got to stay healthy and you look at the guys drafted behind him and how they're excelling John ja morant Canadian RJ Barrett, like some of these guys are, they're healthy and they're out there doing their best to help their clubs. And unfortunately for Zion, he's, he's hurt. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the the shame about it, Ryan, that he can't get out there and play because I, I think the kid's a heck of a talent. Uh, he can be a game changing. He's, he's, he's special in that sense, but he can't do it from the bench and he's got to get healthy and and get back into the lineup. I, again, I don't know if we see him play this year.
0: Yeah, it's, it is a shame. You're right. I really hope things turn around for him and and they need it to down there. That's for sure. Final one, before I toss over to Clarky here, what the hell is wrong with the LA Lakers? Like, they they come off, they win a title, everybody loves LeBron, Russ comes over, I mean, Anthony Davis does not look, he looks like a shadow of himself right now. What the hell is wrong with the L.A. Lakers?
1: Well, that's, that's part of it. Anthony Davis is, I always said this, I mean, he stayed healthy during their championship run in the bubble. And by the way, LeBron, it was not the hardest championship ever. It was probably... In my eyes, easier because you went to the same gym every day. There was no crowd, there was no media. It was, it was. I mean, you got the title, but don't try to make it out like it was. It was that difficult. And in that title run, uh, Anthony Davis was healthy. I mean, he's a guy that sometimes leads leads the league in MRIs because he, again, like like Zion in that sense, he breaks down. And when he's healthy, he's a heck of a talent. And then I think the Lakers were guilty of trying to and we all do it i mean if tiger woods can win four straight majors and say no i got to change my swing and fix it when you say what what are you doing uh the lakers were guilty of uh trying to make the car better than it was they won a championship uh they had a tough time last year in the play-in but instead of getting uh role players to support lebron and make the car more efficient by getting better tires and 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 uh you know like getting better headlights, you know, they went for a nice interior <laughs> and they, you know, they, they picked up Russell Westbrook when they let go of people like Caruso, uh, you know, Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope, they could have picked up Buddy Heel. They said, no, like they, 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 I think they outsmarted themselves. And now Frank Vogel, they're trying to pin the blame on Frank Vogel, which he doesn't rebound. He's not turning the ball over. He's the one that does, he's not the one that's not playing defense. So the Lakers to me, Ryan right now, and I'll say this, the qualifier, they're still very dangerous, but right now they don't fit. And until they're able to figure out roles and guys are willing to make some sacrifices, uh, they're going to continue to struggle. Although they had a big win before the break, the night before the break against Utah.
0: Yeah. It's certainly confusing there. Clarky, go
2: ahead. Jonesy. We uh, often ask Uh, guys um, due to COVID how their lives have changed and I just want to know get into um, talk about you and uh, Eric Smith who uh, you know your broadcast partner and how things are different you told me earlier you don't travel anymore are you going to the uh, Scotiabank arena do you get to go there to do the games what's happening and where are you calling the games from
1: last year was an unmitigated disaster Clarky we were the kid that was because the team was in Tampa we couldn't travel across the border it was like being outside the stadium and hearing all the fun going on in the stadium and trying to look through a Mm knothole because we did every game from the studio. Actually, the studio was a makeshift studio. They had the T they took the Raptors practice court. They put the TV set at one end for pre post and halftime at the other end. They had the TV game set with Matt and Jack or Matt and Leo And then they took the weight room, you know, the configuration of that building, they took the weight room, the workout room Mm -hmm. and made it the radio studio. So we were all separated, socially distanced, physically Mm -hmm. distanced. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, we did 72 games that way. It was tough. And then this year started and we got to go, we get to go to the arena for the games, for the home games, but the road games, we still do in a studio. Right. Uh, whether for me, whether it be at 1050 studios or the fan studios.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we don't we don't establish that relationship with the players. I mean, guys walk by us in the bowels of Scotiabank Arena where they would normally say, hey, what's going on? Because we see them on the plane or a, yeah. a hotel lobby in Atlanta or Detroit or Chicago. They don't know us. And it, that part of it is hard. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't have to tell you guys how hard it is to call a game off a monitor because – you watch different things when you're watching the game. You're watching stuff off the ball. You're watching stuff behind the ball. A guy goes down with an injury, and you look this way while the play is going that way to just give a brief description and then catch up to the play. Well, when the camera cuts away, you don't know what's going on with that guy. Yeah. yeah. So that part of it from a broadcast sense, Clarky, is really, really difficult. I'm hoping we can kind of get back to normal a little yeah. bit and get back out on the road, but... I hope so, too. Uh, it's had a huge impact. I, I just hope the, the
2: people making the decisions don't say, hey, uh, and I, you don't have to comment on this because th- you were talking about your bosses, but they better not think this has been fine. That's oh, all I'm going to say, because it's please. not. Like, watching the Olympics, it's been a disaster. Like, Mike Johnson and Chris Cuthbert are talking. I think they've pulled the goalie, but we ha- we
1: they yeah. have no idea.
2: And it's yeah. just awful. So, hopefully, um, the world gets back to normal. And, and Eric, I was sp- speaking with Eric a little while ago, and he says... Jonesy goes everywhere with his with his ring and it's probably handy. I and mean, like he wears it to bed and he wears it on the plane. And there it is. If you're watching on YouTube and Whiteman right now, there's let's get a look at the box. Oh there's God. the ring right there.
1: Look wow. at that. Isn't that See, nice? I, I told Eric, I told Eric. He got a ring too. I said, mine sits in a in a night table drawer. And and there, there it is. I'll pull it up like this so you can kind of see it like that. mine sits in my night table drawer and it's not till family members say uh Oops, the ring. it's not till family members look. say why don't you why don't you take it out and wear it i said because it's like wearing a hood ornament <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> it is huge eh? yeah look at that thing
1: it's like it's like wearing a hood ornament but i do take it out to go to parties and special occasions because people want to see it Absolutely. And they pass it around and they take pictures with it. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool to have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and I said to Eric, yeah, start, I, I wouldn't say I travel with it, but I know that the day he had his day with the trophy, the day I, uh, the 24 hours I had with the trophy, I tried to make sure that as many people that I knew on my basketball journey, mm. dating all the way back to high school, university, Uh, People I coached, uh, people that that asked about the team that were part of my life, my accountant, my you know, my my former university coach, my my buddies at the golf course. Like I tried to get the trophy where they would get a picture with it. So Mm. in 24 hours, I had it at five golf courses and it was just called, hey, I'm going to be at uh, I'm going to be at Angus Glenn from. 10 30 to 11 30 with it and guys would show up and girls would show up with their raptor jerseys and it was sitting on a table and they'd take a picture and then you know i i trotted it up to grandview when i was speaking for club link and i put it out there and everybody took a picture with it and then the next morning i had it at wooden sticks and i said guys it'll be at wooden sticks from <laughs> 7 30 to 9 30 and then well where's it going after that i can't make it i'll be at king valley at two o'clock you know like nice. and, and i i tried to have everybody who was on my basketball journey Uh, with me get get a picture with it and and if you check my social media there's actually a picture of the trophy beside the chair that sits just behind me uh where my dad i'm at my mother's place now where my dad used to watch the games he he saw the trophy uh, or he saw the championship he saw the parade and he passed away 10 days after the parade so he he never got to hold the trophy Mm -hmm. although my mom had it sitting on her walker. We had it at the house for a little while, and family had pictures with it. And um, we put the we put the trophy beside the old man's chair where you used to watch the game. So, nice. Um, it's like the comet, Ryan, uh, Chris. It it you don't know when it's going to come by again, right? So yeah, yeah. You, you you take a look at it. You you drink it all up because we know that a lot of luck, a lot of good fortune, a lot of things have to align for it to happen.
2: Yes, I've been waiting for yeah. a long time for. Another Toronto team to win. You don't have to tell me that. Uh,
1: 1967, I was in grade school. Clark, I don't know where you were. I was
2: one. (laughs) I was around. I was in grade school. I don't remember it
0: (laughs) Unreal. (laughs) well i'm not surprised to hear any of that because jonesy you're one of the best guys in the nba uh you know i don't think anybody has a bad word to say about you so maybe when we can get together when this whole thing is over uh bring maybe it. maybe the ring will be present and then we can get a look at what a real championship ring looks like up close jonesy you're the best you're our guy when we want to talk hoops we're so glad that you're doing well Hopefully they can get you guys back out on the road at some point soon, maybe next season. But, man, thank you so much for your time. We know you're a super busy guy. We appreciate it, my
1: friend. My pleasure to be on with you guys. Keep up the great work. And uh, I'm I'm always at the end of the phone line or a text line. You guys know that.
0: Absolutely, buddy. We appreciate it. All right. We'll take a quick break here on Instigating. When we come back, Sean Cottrell of Team Cottrell will join us to talk about curling in the Olympics and some of the ups and downs of the Canadian players over there in Beijing. Coming up next here on Instigating. <laughs> Welcome back to instigating with Clarky and jury brought to you as always by cool bet, our friends at the Listowel squash courts and our friends over at Listowel vision care and see the game. I'm Ryan Drury. That is Clarky. We appreciate our friend voice of the Raptors, Paul Jones for joining us in the first part of the show. Now it's time to talk about some Olympic curling with our friend, Sean Cottrell of team Cottrell, one of the best mixed doubles curling duos in the country, in the world. And here is Sean with us, Mr. (laughs) Cottrell. How are you? Good. How are you guys? We're doing well, man. Uh, I guess a little better than the Canadian curlers at the Olympics. Now, Brad Gushu is going to play for a bronze medal. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Team Jones out on the women's side. Uh, She had a really tough start. We'll get to that. But just overall on, on Brad Gushu's side of the rink, what's been your impression of how that's gone for him? They'll they'll play the Americans tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday the 17th. Just your impressions of how his tournament's gone so far.
3: Yeah, I think for the most part, they've they've been pretty solid. Um, Haven't caught all their games just with some of the time issues, but um, yeah, like, I think they've played well. I'm just not sure they've maybe been quite as sharp as they sometimes are, but it's such a tough field and like the added pressure and all that stuff that comes with the Olympics. I think yeah, I think they've performed pretty well given all those extra things going on in, in people's heads. But um, yeah, I'm sure disappointed uh, with the way that that last uh, game ended the semifinal game. But um, yeah, it's just, I we're not miles ahead of the world. Like we were uh, 20 years ago when um, curling became an Olympic sport or 25 years ago.
2: You know, I did see the game. I didn't see the game against Sweden because of, as you said, the timing, but I did watch the game against Great Britain and, They seem to be doing a lot of bickering uh, amongst the team in that game. They weren't happy. Brad was talking under his breath. And, of course, with the microphones nowadays, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone can hear everything they're saying. And I thought this team just isn't in tune with each other. Um, Have you ever come across that where you really need to um, get the team back on the same page? And, And what did you think of all that?
3: No, Katie and I are always perfectly on the same page. That never
2: happened. I didn't want to mention yeah. that. But. It's never
3: happened <laughs> once. Like we are always completely 100% on the same page about yes. everything. So. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> Good. Good. Let's just no, say honestly, maybe you weren't.
3: <laughs> she might not be on the same page on that topic, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, honestly, like I, I think from an outsider looking in with a little bit of background knowledge, obviously mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was almost the same issue with John and Rachel. It just seemed like communication wasn't there. And I re- like, I don't think it's a communication issue with the team. I think it's just like, just fired up that extra level and so much pressure on them and expecting perfection and
2: mm-hmm.
3: not able to leave the miss behind you. It's just like, it's just a totally different experience for these teams i think two of the two of Gushu's team are it's their first time there for the other two it's been 15 years since they were they were there like it's I, I think it comes across worse maybe than it than it is um but mm-hmm.
2: That's a good point.
3: Yeah. I think it's just the, the added pressure on everybody. And
2: yeah, yeah, the pressure is definitely there. Right. Because like Canada doesn't go to the Olympics and curling to, to get a participation trophy or bronze or whatever. We go to win gold. No. Right.
0: Yeah, and for the, sure. the pressure and he... has
2: got to be amazing. And and Rachel Holman has come out saying she's in a really deep black hole right now. And I feel yeah. bad for her. Like she tried her best and like the last shot sucked. Like it was, I mean, I didn't mean she sucked, but it was just, yeah. You could just see the intensity that, that they were playing under. And it's too bad that that last shot that they made, you know, just went a little too far. Like, you're talking, what, like a millimeter on that measure? Like it was,
3: Exactly, yeah. It was crazy. And I've said to a few people, I kind of felt like that last shot was just a perfect summary of how their whole week went. It mm-hmm. was she threw it and John panicked and then she panicked and then they mm-hmm. didn't communicate about it. And they were both trying to judge weight. Nobody was calling line. And it, yeah. it was just the whole week summed up in one shot and it was a terrible wait for it to end, but it was almost like that's kind of how the whole week went for you guys. That's, yeah. that's how I felt about that shot. It was, um, it was just a, so, and I think in the mixed doubles, particularly because that team was handpicked to yep. go. It was even another added level of pressure. Yeah. It didn't they didn't win to go. They like curling Canada sat down and took forever to decide who it was gonna be. And they decided out of all of the teams in the country, that was the team that had the best chance of winning a gold medal. And then they didn't. And then they didn't win a medal at all. And yeah, I, I can't imagine that added pressure of being hand picked.
0: Right yeah that's that's an added level of intensity and just uh, across the board i'm sure that all of them we've heard a lot of stories just about the frustration of the way things are set up in beijing obviously it's a very tough time it's not like a Mm -hmm. regular olympics you can't really experience what it's like being an olympian everybody's kind of shuttered in their hotel room and you know you're left with a lot of time to think about stuff and uh, i'm sure that that added to it so we know Brad Gushu, as we record this, is going to compete for bronze. There's not going to be a medal in mixed doubles the first time at the Olympics, and there's not going to be a medal for the women's team either. Jennifer Jones, I thought she battled back valiantly because, you know, you fall to one and three and you're in a lot of trouble. It's not looking good. She really fought back and and had a solid game last night on Wednesday, but she needed a bit of help and didn't get it. Overall, what did you think of of how that went for for her crew over there? Because I watched quite a few of their games. I watched last night. I stayed up till 3.30 or whatever it was. And I just felt like... Uh, the the kill shot was missing they would get themselves set up in so many situations to have good steals of one two sometimes three in the fifth end there they could have got four they only took three and that really was the story of of her and her team's tournament for me leaving a lot of points on the table
3: yeah and I would say it almost appeared as though they were Like they were getting up for the big games, but then maybe not so much for the games that on paper you should be doing better in, right? Like um, come out big against Great Britain and like the, the States and like some of the teams that, and then lose to the Japans and not that they're bad teams, but those are team, those are games that you think are the ones you should be performing in and honestly it was, yeah, it came down to tiebreaker on draw to the button for hammer at the start of the game. Think,
2: what do you think of that? Like to me that like, I don't, it just seems ridiculous to me, but you gotta it's, hit the shot, I guess.
3: Yeah. It's become such a huge part. Um, the joke or the, the feeling on the tour and it's, it's huge in mixed doubles. Like it's, oh, yeah. It, it's like another game like mm-hmm. winning being the best on your draw to the buttons is almost as good as another win so teams are like practicing their draw to pre-game draw to the button uh, there was a time we'd go out for our practice before a game it's whatever our five-minute practice and you'd be practicing all the shots and trying to figure out the rocks and trying to figure out what every spot in the ice does now we go out and we throw nothing but the draw to the button right because yeah it's well this is a perfect example it cost them a spot in the playoffs at the yeah. olympic because their draw to the button was terrible yeah makes no
2: yeah loss. i'm not sure i, I, I mean i get them, it i get it but and and from what i gather she was like dead last is that right like she was not close i, I don't guess.
3: up until the last two draws i don't think she had a hammer in a game so i didn't see the actual numbers but she no, lost
2: No, i just the, mentioned that draw to the button I yeah think. no
3: but that's what yeah. i like if she didn't have Hammer, she was she lost the draw to the button before each oh, of those see. first I seven see. games, oh, right? I see. So, okay, she, okay, okay, I'm assuming she was near the bottom, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe in 2026 they can send you and Katie to go and not <laughs> handpick the team. I don't know, I would love to see that. Obviously, I, I would love it too, of course, I that would be fantastic. Uh, you can bring us along, we'll live call your game. I've been working on my, my game only. too, Drury, just so you know. Uh, yeah so we're going to we're going to let the the professionals handle this. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I uh, yeah what are you we gonna have tell a challenge. me next, that you We, can no, fix we have my a car? challenge
2: like I I think we have a challenge don't we Sean we, didn't we want to get a challenge
3: with Drury going? I think we should yeah
0: that yeah. will yeah. We can absolutely when, still do the, that, but if we, for some reason, like you once miraculously did, when I think Sean and Katie were probably sick or something, what are you Beat them about? in a game. Oh yes, right. Sorry, I that totally forgot mean, about that. That doesn't mean. Oh, you forgot. That doesn't mean that I should hey, no, go to no 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 them. no. Okay. I'm not. Ta- I'm not bringing you to the Olympics. We're not sending you. You're not no, going. No. Period.
2: Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> when is the Wingham uh, Club open until?
3: Uh, they're actually even the ice in uh, till the end of April.
2: Oh, plenty. Of well, time. then when I get back from the Dominican, we're coming. Yeah, so no practicing on.
3: while you're down there.
2: No, I won't practice when we're down there. Don't worry. Okay. Um, but let's set that up, okay, Sean? I'm going to leave that for you to set up, and Ryan and I will be there, and maybe producer Adam can come with a camera and shoot some stuff.
3: Perfect.
0: I, I'm I'm into it, Clarky. As you know, we're going to have to work around my hockey schedule that's fine. We'll work around it. Well, we'll work around the schedule. All right, we'll do that. I want to ask you as well, Sean, um, this might be a little bit of an extreme statement, but you mentioned how Canada is not light years ahead Mm -hmm. of everybody else like we were 20, 25 years ago. And you see the performance at this Olympics, and I know it's very different in the pressure and and just the aggravation I'll call it of the situation that the world of sport is in with Beijing and everything is we saw this in 98 with hockey and they had to have like a summit hockey Canada had a mm-hmm. summit. Do you think something is required like that with curling Canada? Because you know, this is Clarky, you said it. We do not send curling teams to any competition to come second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, we go to be first, and we're not first by a mile. So mm-hmm. is that something that you would entertain?
3: Well, it's and it's two Olympics in a row now, right? That's the men, right. Neither the men or the women won a medal in twenty eighteen. We did win a medal in mixed doubles, one gold in mixed doubles, but now we're <laughs> flirt a best case scenario right now in the men's and women's game, we have one bronze medal to show for two Olympics and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, there is going to have to be some serious, um, at least review of the process. Um, I think they need some serious change to the process. But um, Canada is so unique in the sport of curling that we have so many elite-level players, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the difference. But the problem is you have a country like Sweden that puts all the resources behind one team. Mm -hmm. We have Canada that puts the resources behind 10 teams. And it's great that we have the depth, Mm -hmm. but it's not allowing that one team to step up to compete against the Swedens and the great Britons of the world that are full-time curlers and getting all the resources from their associations.
2: What, what do you think of a super team? Like, not Team Gushu, but, like, the best lead, the best second, the best vice, you know, like, doing that for the Olympics.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess you could argue that that's what some of these um, other countries are doing. Mm -hmm. We saw that, I think, in mixed doubles, that there was lack of team cohesiveness there for lack of a better term. And mm-hmm. I would be nervous about just picking the four best players and sticking them together and sending them. But yeah,
2: but when um, you don't medal for the last two Olympics, I think I something's got to yeah. be reviewed. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Right.
3: To me, the the biggest problem with our system is having our Olympic trials too close to the Olympics. So you look right. at somebody like Brad Gushu who has to peak in the second week of December to arguably win the most difficult event in the world. You could mm-hmm. say winning the Canadian Olympic trials is maybe more difficult than winning a world championship. Um, it well, wasn't de- for like, Brad,
2: but <laughs> what's that? <laughs> it wasn't for Brad. No, no but, but, I mean, but I see like, what you're saying. Yeah, is yeah.
3: Generally so hard, right? So you're yeah. focusing and getting ready to peak yeah. to win that trials event. Yeah. And then you have to peak again in 8 weeks. Right. Yeah. What athlete in any sport can peak kind of the lull after and then peak again 8 weeks later? Like you mm-hmm. most you're usually building your season in most sports to peak at the right time for one specific goal, right? Not yeah. to do it twice.
2: I just I when I look and I think about all the other sports and I think of well, is the best lead that Canada can produce? playing in the Olympics. And when I look at other sports is the best goalies playing, of course they are, but the, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just think they have to at least look at it and I don't know how they do it. I don't yep. know how, like, I don't know how they put a team like that together, mm-hmm. but I think they got to look at it because I think if the best four players in Canada in that, in their positions were there, the result would have been different.
3: Yeah, That's it's quite possible.
2: It's oh, a sound oh, argument. Maybe I should run the summit.
0: Well, Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, you're, you have a lot of grand ideas about your future in <laughs> curling Clarkie. We're, we're going to have to have a chat after this, <laughs> put the brakes on it. Hey, dream big, I guess they say, I want to ask you really quickly as well, Sean, uh, you know, the, the tanker, the men's tanker that was held very successfully in Port Elgin and mm-hmm. thank God that was able to go forward, uh, was, was recently completed. Obviously Glenn Howard beating, uh, our fellow cool bet sponsoree, if you will, John Epping in in the final of that i had a friend attend the tournament and said it was really really awesome to see just your thoughts on that and obviously glenn howard is going on to the briar so uh a pretty Did glenn
2: get hurt again though i heard glenn was hurt again
0: glenn didn't play a
3: game yeah, that's yeah. right um, scott skipped the whole week so i mean yeah. pretty impressive actually for uh I mean, Scott's he's, he has skipped a little bit in the last few years with some of Glenn's injuries, but Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. then they brought in Adam Spencer to play vice for them. Uh, A good friend of ours, Katie and I actually played mixed with Adam and his wife for a year um, Mm. and like probably hasn't, he won the Ontario club championship this year, probably hasn't played anything else competitively for well, at least since before COVID and probably for a while before that. Um, so I mean, pretty impressive actually for them to step up and, and yeah. win it. Um, yeah. didn't see a ton of it. Watch the final game. Um, kind of a boring final game actually for the first half, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm really hoping that Glenn's able to, to play at the Briar. Um, yeah. I've always been a huge fan of Glenn. Um I think he's one of the real true good guys in the sport and um, you have to think he doesn't have a lot more years left in it. So I, I would love to see him at least be able to play a little bit at the Briar.
0: I think everybody feels the same way. Yeah, I've never heard a bad word about him, and he's produced a lot of great results and a lot of great entertainment for Canadian curling fans. Uh, and best of luck to him, and congrats on winning the Tankard. And for sure, our, our buddy App, we were we were hoping for something better for for him, but. Obviously, uh, you know you, you can't win them all, but uh, Sean, we really appreciate your insight. You're our go-to guy when it comes to curling. So yeah, let's set this up. We'll we'll get this curling date going, and so Clarky can stop bothering hey, me hey, about and, and it. And not
2: only that, you have a squash challenge too. So you better get going, Ryan. Like <laughs> we have a squash uh, challenge guy. out, and now we have a curling challenge out. So
0: I don't know what people going. are challenging me for. Like I'm like an athlete. We do. We're just like challenging you
2: to get out there and get physical.
0: Uh-huh, yeah, I'm a busy guy, you know? I'm I'm a really busy guy, okay? Yeah, yeah okay. So I, I, we'll
2: figure I, out I, a day. We'll Sean figure will it. figure it out. He's got,
3: yeah, he's got a connection. you probably out. curled this year about as much as I have, so. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that, that you we
2: I can tell you we've both curled the same amount,
0: that's for sure. Yeah, right? well,
3: Sean and Katie haven't been on the ice a whole lot either, so
0: it's been a tough year we will we will change that in a couple weeks i think perfect yeah we we actually have a big in
3: wingham this weekend that we're super excited about so what is it um our ontario mixed doubles tour championship in wingham this year so provincials are canceled nationals are canceled but we're we get to play our tour championship so we're excited about that
0: folks uh, are people allowed to come watch yeah yeah oh people that viewing people. this on, on white. When, when, when there. is it? Tell us about it. Uh,
3: starts tomorrow, uh, Friday evening and all day through Saturday and Sunday. So unbelievable.
0: Okay. Plenty of time yeah. for people to see this. Are you this
3: playing? Hear this. We are. Okay. When, when yeah. are your games? Uh, we play at four tomorrow and then at 11 and 430 on Saturday.
2: So four on
3: Friday. Yeah. And okay. then yeah. 11 and four on Saturday.
0: Well, Good luck. Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. My friend. Yes. Best of luck to you. Thanks for doing this again. And we really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, everybody, that is it for Instigating this week. Uh, you can find us on YouTube Friday nights when we debut there, but remember we are on Whiteman. That is channel six debuting every Friday night at eight Sunday nights at nine. We're on all the best podcast apps, including Apple and Spotify. You can follow us on social media at InstigatingPod, and we are brought to you as always by our friends at CoolBet, the Listable Squash Courts, and Listable Vision Care, and see the game. I'm Drury. That's Clarkie. This has been and another great week of instigating with Clarkie and Drury. We'll see you next week.